Hey, Dr. Christensen here. Is it a bad idea to go gluten-free? You know, this is an important question. And we now have a large numbers of studies showing that people that have chosen to go gluten-free who don't have celiac disease have worse health outcomes than similar people that don't. We have studies showing that they have higher risk factors for diabetes, greater tendencies for weight gain, and also more risk factors for cardiovascular disease. So why would this be? We've had tons of experts telling us that gluten is inherently inflammatory, that it triggers weight gain, that it causes blood sugar problems, and it's just evil stuff all around. Gluten-free has gotten to be a huge trend. At any point in time, 20, 30% of the population may be choosing to avoid it. Some of the ideas go around involve things like a concept called molecular mimicry. Some have argued that gluten mimics certain pathogens and causes the immune system to start attacking itself. Well, let's start diving into all this. If, if you think about how things make sense or seem to work, you can tie together stories that sound really plausible, even if those stories don't fit the evidence. You know, uh, an extreme example of this would be like the Just So stories. My mom, I had a book of Rudyard's Kipling Just So stories, and she used to read these to me all the time. I loved them. Uh, one of my favorites was The Baby Elephant. And in the story, the how the elephant got its trunk, how the baby elephant got its trunk. And in the story, the elephant had a mere smear of a nose that was kind of like a boot. And he had these rhyming poetic phrases with it. And it was not at all useful. And there's a lot of things the elephant couldn't do because of this big boot on the end of its head. And it was curious about, the baby elephant was horribly curious about everything. And one day it was curious about what the crocodile had for breakfast. So he went down to ask the crocodile. Well, crocodile grabbed him by the nose, tried pulling him in the water, and the elephant fought. And in the battle, the nose got all stretched out. And the elephant got away and found all kinds of useful things it could do with its nose. It could, you know, trumpet and drink and breathe and, you know, it was really handy. And afterwards, all the elephants had long noses. <laughs> now, of course, we know that's not true. But you could see how that would be plausible if someone didn't really understand this thing called inherited traits versus Lamarckian traits. So Lamarckian traits, it used to be thought that things that occur during an animal's lifetime would pass on to its offspring. We know that they do not. But without that understanding, you could think, huh, maybe that thing got stretched out and now elephants got long trunks. So I call them just so stories. And you can make cases to where, yes, uh, gluten in petri dishes mixed with human gut lining cells, it can cause damage. So many have looked at that and said, oh, wow, if that's the case, then gluten must cause leaky gut. And we know there's some tie between leaky gut and autoimmunity. So therefore, gluten must cause autoimmunity. And then others speculated that gluten must act via molecular mimicry. Well, for quite a while, I thought that if someone did, I wasn't convinced, but I thought that it was probably a harmless distraction. You know, my, my thought was that if someone did go gluten-free, they're probably going to cut down on their processed food intake. And they're probably going to have less flour products in general, in which case they would have a better glycemic response. They might have better blood sugar regulation. So even though I wasn't convinced that gluten was innately harmful, I thought that most people that did go gluten-free would have net positive effects upon their diet and possibly net positive effects upon their health. Well, once gluten-free got a lot of traction, 
the studies started rolling in. And the first ones were on obesity. We've known about this for a while in those that have celiac disease, but then we saw the data in those that don't have celiac disease but chose to go gluten-free. They gain weight. They can gain a fair amount of weight in their first year and then keep it on. Then we started seeing data that those that chose to go gluten-free had more cardiovascular risks and then more diabetes risks. So a lot of, of gluten-free experts, they also saw these studies. These things, you know, they weren't hidden. It was pretty public stuff. And so a lot of experts said, well, sure, they got unhealthier because they were consuming less fiber, more processed food. The thought was that many that went gluten-free ate a lot of processed gluten-free snacks in replacement. You know, and that, that's plausible, they, they may have, but we honestly didn't know that. And nonetheless, even if that was the case, let's say that that was the case that those that went gluten-free got sick because they were consuming lower fiber diets. If that was true, then the fiber was more important than the gluten. And whatever was bad about the gluten was not as good as what was good about the fiber. And if that were the case, and we took that at face value, then we shouldn't be saying, go gluten-free. We should be saying, go high fiber, because that would seem to be the bigger of the two needle movers. Or if it was processed foods. If someone went gluten-free, but ate more processed foods and got unhealthy, then we should say, hey, wow, processed foods, that was a big needle mover. And it's not smart to focus on gluten-free. It's more smart to focus on eating less processed foods. But we finally got a really big study that showed not only another negative outcome, but it broke it down in really good details and showed us why these things were different. And this study showed that that gluten consumption, the overall gluten intake in adults without celiac disease correlated with death from heart disease. This was published last year, uh, done by a big group of doctors led by Dr. LeBoll and published in, in early May. And what they showed was that the rate of cardiovascular death was highest in those that had consumed no gluten, those that had electively gone gluten-free in this non-celiac population. And what was really exciting is that they did break people down by what was the quality of their diets. You know, what was the overall diet quality score? They also looked at sugar intake. They looked at the intake of fibers. They looked at plant foods, just all this stuff, just exhaustive dietary analysis. And what they saw was those that went gluten-free, they were not eating, I'm sorry, those that went gluten-free and had more cardiovascular death were not eating more processed foods and they were not eating less fiber. That wasn't the part that mattered. What they were doing, however, is consuming less whole grains. Their intake of whole grains went down and they had more death. People died because they went gluten-free and they cut out whole grains from their diet. So when it was first gluten-free as a fad, and, we, and I thought that people might've been eating better diets because of it, I didn't feel as much of a need to speak out. But now it's been really about going grain free. So people across the board are arguing that grains are just bad things, that grains cause autoimmune disease, that grains cause weight gain. None of this stuff is documented. The evidence about whole grains and their effect upon human health, it's, it's all there. We've got mountains of data and it's consistent. Whole grains correlate with less body weight, you know, lower rates of diabetes lower rates of most cancers, lower rates of cardiovascular death, lower rates of premature death. 
And this study completely bore that out. If someone does go gluten-free and they drop their whole grain intake, they will have more cardiovascular death than if they did not. So the message seems clear that whole grains are important. And please do not feel that you need to go grain-free for various reasons. The idea about there's a lot of positive messages in recent dietary trends about getting quality protein, getting lots of veggies, but the message about grains being harmful is just not in alignment with our current evidence. So what if you've got thyroid disease? Doesn't gluten raise thyroid antibodies? Well, what does the evidence say? There's been a lot of speculation about that, and that came back to those autoimmune or molecular mimicry ideas. Now, molecular mimicry has been shown to be one of the ways that autoimmune disease seems to start. However, in the medical literature, molecular mimicry is all about infections. There's actually no data whatsoever saying that in those without celiac disease, gluten can act in a way of molecular mimicry. But this is still hypothesis discussion. So in actual studies, this has been studied. People that have celiac disease, whether they raise their gluten intake or lower their gluten intake, it doesn't improve their thyroid antibodies. There's also been data showing that in those that have celiac disease, who do have more risk for thyroid disease, whether they're gluten-free or not, that doesn't change their risk of developing thyroid disease. So if there's no effect in those with celiac disease, we certainly wouldn't expect to see effects in general populations. We've even seen that in those with celiac disease, their gluten intake doesn't correlate with their progression of thyroid disease when they already have it. So how common are celiac disease, wheat allergy, and then non-celiac gluten sensitivity? So celiac disease and wheat allergy, they're somewhere around 1% of the population. If you know you do have autoimmune disease, then the celiac risk is higher. It's probably about 3 to 5%. We do have a thing of non-celiac gluten sensitivity that now is known to be a solid real phenomena, but it's not as common as some might make it out. That's also roughly in that 1% range. So the best approach for your health, please do include intact whole grains in your diet. Now I'm more of a fan of intact whole grains than I am of flour products. Uh, things like rice, especially of course the brown rice, the black rice, wild rice, which is a different plant. Buckwheat is a great thing. Oats are awesome foods. You can get gluten-free rolled oats. You can have steel-cut oats, whole oats, which are underutilized, quinoa, amaranth. These are all foods that are important to include. And wheat berries can go in that category. They cook up really well. They work nice on salads. And then also, um, you can make tabbouleh out of bulger wheat, which is another very high fiber, also a very high protein food. So if you're concerned about gluten itself, do be screened for celiac, make sense out of wheat allergy and non-celiac gluten sensitivity, but otherwise do not cut out whole grains without, other, without reasons such as that. And even with those, think about the ones I mentioned as good gluten-free whole grain alternatives. Dr. C here, you know, I've, I've always struggled with just sharing the truth and not ruffling feathers and making waves. And I've got a lot of people I know, there's a lot of wonderful health experts that mean well, that want the best for you, but I can't look at this evidence and this data and just ignore it. I wanna make sure that you're not in a group that cuts out all grains unnecessarily and has cardiovascular death from that. So here I am, I'm gonna keep on doing my best to just 
find these things out and find the best evidence and share that truth with you. Take good care and 